Welcome to our podcast and webiso series called If You Don't Mind Me Asking, where we explore and ask as many questions as we can in 20 minutes about the lived experiences of people with disabilities. I was due to be here today with my co-host Dan, but I'm afraid he can't make it today. So instead, you and our guests will have to put up with me uh, by myself, flying solo. Uh, I'm Lucy and I'm your host for today. So we are really delighted to be joined by Matthew Johnson from ThoughtWorks who we know has got some excellent anecdotes, can't even say the word, um, to share with us. So without further ado, I'm going to say hi to Matthew. Hi. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Um, Can you tell us a bit more about yourself, who you are, where you come from and and what you do? Of course, I will. Really nice to meet you, Lucy. And uh, yeah, I'm Matthew and I'm proudly dead at birth. Um, I I need to wear a hearing aid, but the last 10 years I wear a cochlear plant which is um, actually a wire that go into my cochlear and it actually improved my listening by 50%. Um, so that improved my confidence and made me become more independent, which is great. So um, being um, a software programmer for many years because I couldn't use the phone at all, with me, which I may talk about it a bit later. And then, um, when I found out about uh, human captioning to provide me lifetime caption, I was able to participate in meeting. Therefore, I was able to um, grow my role and manage um, multiple teams globally in India, New York, Hong Kong, and London, um, and so on. And now I work for a, a global um, technical company. Um, and I would join them as a delivery manager, but now I've shown my role to become the global head of disability inclusion, which means that I trying to create a safe, thriving space for people with disability at work and also um, at our client. Mm. I'm also working with um, our people at work to have a conversation, encourage our client to think about how can we make their product more inclusive. Um, yeah, so that, that's sort of in a, in a nutshell about me. That's fantastic. And one I think... thing is that I must mention is I might move my eyes to the, another degree because I've got captured there and I've been reading it. It's not that because I've got something out, but I'm <laughs> actually reading when Lucy gets to talk. So I'll be reading it and you might see my eye look at it and, and then I go back. Yeah, you're not just checking your emails in between the questions or anything, Matthew. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. And that's really interesting what you were saying about the network that you do and and how you also talk to your clients about disability as well. And I think there's that advocacy role and just making it part of the conversation, which is really important in business, isn't it? It's not something that sits in a neat little pocket in the corner that we put in a filing cabinet. It has to be part of the day-to-day in all the conversations we have. And that personal experience and knowing that, yes, it's a disability, but actually if we just make these few changes, it works, is so important, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And the, the, the challenge I have right now is that I want to create um, a workplace adjustment. But we have one in the UK, but because I have a, a global uh, role, I need to make it condition for the whole organisation. But each country has their own law to comply in. So it's, it's, it's quite a bit of a challenge 
Um, but I want you to, my, one of my main tasks is to create fit uh, policy that work across all regions. And that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, fantastic. That sounds like a big job. Um, I'm going to move us on a little bit. We've got lots of questions and it is a, a case of how much we can squeeze into 20 minutes. So I know you've got a couple of fantastic examples of scenarios or experiences you've had. One is around Google phone and the other one is about making sure you were part of the jury service process, which most people try and get out of, but you did everything you could to make sure you were included in that. So I don't know which one you want to start with, but fire away on those, please, Matthew, and share your stories. Um, I, I think I'd like to start with the phone. Yeah. And I don't even know many people know, but it, it, I have it here, actually. It, uh, it's a Google Pixel phone. I'm not, I'm not trying to promote Google, but... Um, the Google Picture Burn provide uh, had a, a live capture feature, which provided real time capturing, and it provide capture on live streaming media like YouTube, broadcast radio, you know all that, and it's it great. And then about two years ago, they tweeted on for phone call, and I called my son who he lived in Hong Kong, and I tried it. And he would amazing. I mean, I need to communicate him through Doom or WhatsApp, but it's quite flat. It, uh, it's not 3D, and it, sometimes I have to ask to repeat. But with the live caption, and uh, we spoke for about half an hour, and he was just amazing. It really was. And you know, I'm 50, 57, about two years ago. So, yeah, and for the first time in my life, I was able to, to um, call like anybody else to pick up. A friend of one, and it's just wonderful. And able to call my son, and now I call my doctor, my builder, my banker, anybody. Seriously, I I use the phone literally every day. Where before that, I don't, and that is what included me. It nobody feel left out. It's a really for me, it's a game changer. But it also, as a personal one, it also a life changer because I met my partner. And she lived in Paris. And during the lockdown, we could only communicate with the phone. And um, I think if I didn't have that live capture feature, I don't think our relationship would work. Mm. Um, and there's one beautiful story. It, uh, we were together and we would, she was driving on the motorway. And then she said, oh, Matthew, I need to make a phone call. Can you make a call for me uh, while I'm driving? And I look at her and I thought, wow, you are asking me, a deaf person, to make that call. She tried to decorate And it was so beautiful. And I think it's amazing, really, that that world of a, a telephone call, which the hearing world take for granted, was something that was cut off to you. And then all of a sudden, with the use of technology, it's something that you could do. And that's kind of, as you said, that is life-changing, isn't it? Because it's, it's so simple in many ways, yeah. The impact is huge, isn't it? It's something we just take for granted as a, a hearing individual. And the lovely thing about it, which I love, it frictionally. What I mean by frictionally, it, it I should pick it up. I don't have to download an app. I don't have to try and connect to the micro to the sound or another. Something that my mother or grandmother can mute yeah. straight away. And it, it does that. And all you, all you have is the on-off twitch, whether you want the captain on or not. 
beautiful. Easy. That's a great story. The other one you were going to share with us was about jury service, which I, th I found fascinating when we caught up the other day about this one. Tell us, tell us about how hard you worked to ensure you could be do your duty and do some jury service. Yeah, I will, Lutie, and um, it's very, very different from the phone. So that was before the phone came out. So that was about three and a half years ago in 2019, before the pandemic. I received a letter saying um, you'd be summoned to the uh, a court to at a jury, uh, a jury survey at a juror. And mo most deaf people would say, sorry, I'm deaf. I can't follow the, uh, the computation. I'm out. And uh, that's it. But I, be me, I want to, hey, we could do something about it. We need to make it more inclusive. So I told them that I'm deaf and I need a captain. And they went, oh, how do we do that? And so I got them connected to a company that uh, provided the captain service. And then they said, oh, we needed some funding. And I said, well, okay, who will give you the funding? The judge, okay, contact the judge and see if you get funding. And then about a few few months later, I never heard anything. So I quickly um, gave an update. They, hey, any update? And they, oh no, 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 no. Okay, please keep keep me uh, updated. And then about a month later, they say, oh, good news, Matthew. We have um, uh, funding to um, for for the um, the caption. I said, fantastic. Uh, but Matthew, how did it work? And I said, okay, look, why do we meet up? Why don't you, why don't I meet you in, the, in at the court and show me around where I can sit, um, where we have the deliberation and so on. So I went to the court and I saw where the jurors sit. And I said, look, if I sit the front row, that position, and then show up to the uh, deliberation where you know, the jury made their decision. But we could, we cannot have a captain in there at the thirty person. Um, but it was a round table, and the room was so light. And I thought this is perfect because at the round table I can live with everybody. So I knew it would work. So um, a few months later, I turned up for the jury circuit, and they were super helpful. They gave me chan grip at the beginning. What they would, what they expect or the jury, so on. And then I called for the first court case. And uh, I sat right at the front row. I had an iPad in front of me, and I was able to follow the competition. And what was really interesting was, during the, the competition between the lawyer and the, um, the defendant, someone tapped me on the shoulder. This is really good. I made that computation, though I had to read your caption. Yeah. And what I realized, I turned around and I saw all the 12 jurors were reading <laughs> the subtitle on my yeah. iPad. So Brilliant. It wasn't not just for me, it was for everybody. And so you made the whole cake more inclusive. Yeah. Um, um, and then after about two or three days, the, the cake closed, though we had to go to the, to the deliberation. And we talked, we knew each other, we caught up during the break and so on. And then um, in that room, I said to everybody, look, you all know I'm deaf and I live with. I'd be very grateful if you could all look at me when you talk. 
and please do not over talk to each other. Maybe you could wave your hand. And someone said to me, do you know what, Matthew? Why did you become the foreman? And I don't no, 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 I didn't know. There, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Matthew, you become the foreman. And I thought, okay. And it really works well. They put, put their hand up, waited for their turn to talk, and they all talked to me. And it worked beautifully. Um, and we came up with our verdict, and uh, and it went really well. And then I had two more um, cases to go on, and I would ask to be a foreman for the second one as well, and the third one, but I did not go for the third one. I thought I'd give someone else a shot. But it was interesting, one person came to me and said, Matthew, this, was, this is my third jury circuit. I have to tell you that this, you are the best foreman I've ever come across because no one was shouting over each other. Nobody would, you know, because of you, they couldn't over-talk over to each other. They had to wait for their turn. It was control, and it meant people think before they say something. So it was just great. So um, actually, you know, um, including people with disability, first, the capture made the case more inclusive. And yeah. secondly, it made the deliberation more enjoyable and not, you know, people arguing with each other. And it's, it's one of those things, and it's something we often talk about, and I almost think it's a bit of a cliche, that if you get it right for people with disabilities and you put things in place, it actually works better for everyone. But you've actually proved that that is the case because everyone benefited from the captions. You can imagine some of the language being used in a court. Maybe you're not so familiar with it. Maybe even English isn't your first language. So having that visual, you know, if the captions help, then it's great. Absolutely. And there are 11 million people in the UK alone who are deaf and hard of hearing. So now, because we, uh, we prove that it does work, you have a bigger pool to select for people to select for the jury circuit. So it's yeah. a win-win for both. And am I right that you were the first um, person with hearing loss who was deaf to be uh, on a jury? Is that right? In the there UK? There were a few people hard of hearing on the jury, but they didn't yeah. use the capture circuit. Yeah. I was the first person who knew the capture circuit. Um, yeah. So that was the first person in the UK. Yeah. Fantastic. That's great. I'm going to move on and it, it ties in quite nicely to this. And I, it's around the fact that in the last year, I think in particular, there seems to have been a more of a, a spotlight on the kind of deaf community. Firstly, I'm thinking in the UK with Strictly Come Dancing, where we had our first deaf celebrity, Rose Ailing Ellis. Coda won the best film at the um, Oscars, which was amazing. Um, and now in the UK with the Commons voting to approve BSL, so British Sign Language, as a recognised language in Great Britain. And I was kind of wondering if you've noticed an impact from these sort of quite high profile things in terms of the deaf community and, and even talking about people knowing that there is a deaf community. It's, it's you know, what, how's that been? So I want you to go back a little bit. So in 2012, we had the Paralympic or the Olympic and the Paralympic. And it was fantastic. Both, both events were fantastic and both were well attended and after the Paralympic I felt people were much more receptive of people with disability 
and mm. people with digiplesia became much more open with their own disability, which was fantastic. So it's all about raising awareness. Um, and I, I, I felt that. And just then, it just grew. And people going, okay, now I feel that disability should a label. Yeah. It's not a tapu anymore. But that Dante um, for Rose last year, I think it raised the level higher, especially within the deaf community. Mm. Uh, she's a wonderful person, so warm, um, and her Dante was amazing. But what I really loved about one of her Dante, I don't know if anybody watched it, but I really recommend anybody to watch it, especially that clip on YouTube, you'll find it. Yeah. There, there's a, a dance between Rose and her partner, Giovanni. Uh, yeah. And they danced for a minute or so. And then all of a sudden, the music stopped. But they carry on dancing. And it, it's a beautiful dance for about 20, 30 seconds. Yeah. And then they, the music came back. And what they were trying to show, Rose especially, that's how she done. She doesn't, this is music, she feels by the vibration and the movement, she memorized her movement. And she brought everybody to her deaf world. That's how I danced, silently. And it was shit beautiful, like poetry. Yeah. But not just only that, her partner, who's not deaf, he became a better dancer because of that. So, um, including people with disability enrich everybody's life. It's just wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was amazing. I think I think everyone was moved by that dance, and I think they won the People's Choice at the BAFTAs. I think it was for that dance as well because people just. I suppose in the world of disability, it was sort of eye-opening even for people, wasn't it? Maybe not the right term to use, but, you know, I think it was. I think people just suddenly went, wow. That It was a powerful, moving moment, wasn't it, on television that I think is almost going to go down in history. What a fantastic opportunity for the deaf community to reach out into people's homes and really feel like you're bringing people in. Um, I'm, I'm aware we're trying to squeeze a lot in 20 minutes, Matthew, so just uh, just another, maybe one or two, let's see what we can fit in. Um, I always think this is a really interesting question. Um, so I'm going to ask you, looking back, is there anything that you would like to tell your younger self? So maybe a young Matthew with, with hearing loss, what would you like to tell him about how life's going to be for him? What, what are your thoughts around that? Um, yes, I do, Lucy. Um, I think it's really important about my education, the different type of education I had. So from the age of five, seven, I went to what we call a, hearing, a partially hearing unit, or PHI. It's a, it's a deaf class within a hearing school. Right. So the teachers would teach deaf people, and we would have, you know, informed all the lessons. But at the same time, we were integrated with the hearing um, people during the activity and break. So that's great. So you don't feel completely isolated. And then from the age of seven to 13, I went to a, a school and I was the only deaf person there. 
I mean, that was so hard for me. I had barely to help. I mean, we're talking about 40, 40 odd years when you didn't really have much help. I had a cup of really left in lunchtime and I had extra homework to eat. But otherwise, I should struggle. Um, you know, English, geography, history, you know, French, they should talk. And I probably able to follow maybe 30% of the competition. And I did that for six years. I, I can't believe it. Obviously, um, the, um, the, the, the subject that I was really good at was maths, because it was written on the board. So I was yeah. able to follow everything, what was happening, and so on. And then I went to a school for the deaf uh, from the age of 13 to 19. And I thrived. And um, all the people were deaf. And what was so striking about it was I felt normal. I didn't do any different. So that's what inclusive means. Nobody feels left out. Yeah. And I, you know, in the last two years, I always relate that, saying that's what inclusive means. Makes nobody should feel left out. And that's very powerful. And of course, I went to university with batch to wear one. I, you know. I think there was one other deaf person there, but that's it. And the lectured, I had no help. I had to copy notes from someone else to see next to me and so on. But now we all get a lot of support and we got the tech and we just yeah. get better and better. Um, and like I said, when I left university, I was looking for jobs. And the only job I was looking for were without the need of the telephone. Yeah. And that's why I decided to become a programmer. Yeah, because you could do well, that in your yeah. own little world almost, can't you? Yeah. But now, with these wonderful uh, phones, there's uh, more opportunity. Fantastic. Well, Matthew, inevitably, we've run out of time, and I know there's a lot of other things we could have covered today. Um, just one, one last thing about where our listeners can find you online. So I guess you're on social media and other things. If you can remember your hashtags, if not, we can post them in the chat later on, or we can post them out on the, the links. Should we do that? Or unless you can remember them? I never remember mine. Yeah, I think I remember. So on, on um, Twitter, I'm Matthew Explorer, because I love traveling. Yeah. And on LinkedIn, you type um, Matthew uh, Luke Johnson. If you link in Slack, Matthew yeah. Luke Johnson, uh, I'm there. You'll find Perfect. it somehow. That's great. And I know you were in a, an advert as well for the Google Pixel phone, weren't you? Which was amazing. And it really brought that story to life as well. I remember you posted that on, on LinkedIn and it is fantastic. So thank you so much for your time today, Matthew. A pleasure as always chatting to you. And thank you for sharing your stories. And I think the lesson from this one today is there's no excuse to get out of jury service, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, it's been uh, great to, to, uh, to talk to you, Lutey. And uh, yeah, thank you for everybody who's been listening. And uh, any questions should uh, ping me. Get in touch. Lovely. Thank you ever so much, everyone. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. You can find future episodes on major streaming platforms, search Business Disability Forum or at businessdisabilityforum.org.uk and search podcasts. You can also watch the series on our YouTube channel, search for Business Disability Forum. Please do share and leave us a rating.
Business Disability Forum is the leading business membership organisation in disability inclusion. We work in partnership with business, government and disabled people to remove barriers to inclusion. Businessdisabilityforum.org.uk